it's one of the things I really loved about Miami is you're away from home, but you so quickly find your home there. And, and I found that both through the fraternity as well as friends that I would meet playing intramural sports and whatnot. I just, I felt like I had a really great community around me. Welcome to Beyond High Street. My name is Jenny Derrick and I'm the Dean of the Pharma School of Business here at Miami University. Today I'm joined by Whit Butler who graduated with a Bachelor of Business Administration and Accountancy back in 1998. So good morning and welcome Whit. It's great to see you on this podcast. Thanks Jenny. Good morning. So as our listeners know, during the podcast, we weave through a range of topics so our listeners can get to know you a little bit more, more about your career journey and some of your reflections along the way. So I think the most important question for me to begin with is why did you choose the Pharma School of Business? So that's a great question and a very easy, easy question to answer. As, as I was in high school looking at different college options, I knew I wanted to pursue a career in business. And I knew I wanted to stay relatively close to home and stay in the great state of Ohio. So Miami made that a pretty easy decision for me. And I had a phenomenal experience, loved my time at Miami in the, the Farmer School of Business and could not have made a better decision. And I believe you've even, one of your children has trusted his journey with us. So tell, tell us about Gavin yes. and his decision to come here. Yes. Yeah, so my son, Gavin, is a freshman in the Farmer School of Business and really enjoying his time. And I make sure he's not enjoying his time too much, but he is enjoying his time and doing really well, having a great experience. I also, and I learned with Gavin, I learned a, a very good lesson. I pushed my daughter, my older daughter, Lydia. We visited Miami twice and I was pushing very, very hard. And I learned I pushed a little too hard. And um, Miami sells itself. I did not have to sell it. And I oversold it with my daughter, kind of played cool with my son. He came down on a visit and told my, my wife, Ann and I, who's also an alum, hey, I, I really see myself there. I'm excited about going to Miami. And we did a little high five behind his back and we we're really excited. And that's good advice for parents who might be listening because a lot of our parents <laughs> say the same thing. They don't know whether to push because it often doesn't work out too well. That's right. That's <laughs> or just right. Take, take the chilled laid back approach and it seems to have higher, higher odds. So no, that's great. So I look back over your career and you started originally in IT as an internal auditor for Motorola and now you're at EY where you've risen to partner. So can you talk to us about the journey? Sure. At Miami, I, I was an accounting major, as you shared, and I started taking a lot of MIS classes. Um, Skip Benamani was one of my professors. Actually, the, the first MIS class that I took was with Skip. And I just liked the systems component. Uh, one of my favorite accounting classes was an accounting information systems class. So I knew that's what I wanted to pursue. When I went out into business, I actually did a, I had a little stint at a firm even before Motorola, and I was doing IT audit. And then when I, I joined Motorola, I was doing IT audit. Left there and joined EY in uh, the 2000, 2001 timeframe and still was really focused more on the IT piece of an audit. So it allowed me to leverage accounting while getting a little bit more in the system space. And that's really led to a career in consulting at EY where bridging the gap between process, accounting and systems to drive value with our, our clients that's really what's given me energy, given me passion, and that's the, the path I ultimately went down. So a lot of our students end up going into consulting. Many of them are talking about consulting with EY. I had dinner with students last night, and there was a real buzz because it's job signing time. Oh, so great. Talk, so what does it mean to be an entry-level consultant at EY? What does that entail? So very simply stated, you're going to work on very 
complex transformational programs, helping our clients solve their most complex issues. That's, that's what we do at, at the core of consulting. The issues that companies can solve on their own, they're not, they're not looking for consultants to assist with those. They're looking for consultants to assist with the, the challenges, also the upside opportunities that, that they need assistance with, that they need help with. So what we can assure entry-level consultants, you're going to see some of the most transformational, some of the most complex challenges facing companies today, some of the largest companies in the world, some large global entities, and you're going to work on very exciting, challenging, problem-solving type projects and engagements and it's just, it's a phenomenal career. It's an exciting career. Every day's a little bit different. Every assignment's very different, but you, you build off this problem solving skill set. And for those that are very professionally curious, it's a great place to start a career. It's a great place to have a career. I love it. Now, of course, when the listeners get to listen to the podcast, they won't see the beautiful office that you're working from, which I believe is the old Goodyear tire. Uh, factory, the original factory in Akron. But when I look behind you, there's hardly anybody there. Is this be, so explain that to me. Why is the office empty? Is this because consultants are on the road a lot or is there something else going on on Friday today? So this Friday, there's actually a lot of people in the office. And this Friday is our EY Connect Day. So that is a day where all of us give back to the community across the entire United States, all our offices. We are all engaged in the community today to give back. And if you could see a little bit further over my shoulder, Jenny, there's probably 50 people in spread across a few different conference rooms, stuffing packages for our junior achievement students. Uh, and that's one of the ways we're giving back here in Akron is, is with our junior achievement, the affiliation with that, that wonderful program. I will say, anytime you are in an EY office, though, sometimes there's people there, sometimes there's not, because a lot of times we're, we're on site with our clients. And... It's been an interesting journey coming through the pandemic as we, we weave our way through it. It used to be back in the day, I'll say pre-pandemic, you were typically at your client four five days a week, maybe in the office a, a day or two max. Now we're seeing that shift. Maybe you're at the client a couple days a week. Maybe you're working remote a couple days a week, coming to the office for a half day or so. So we're really seeing a shift in just how our people work. And that's one of the cool things I believe, in terms of a career in consulting at EY, we used to have to be very, very transparent with folks to say, listen, you could be on the road all the time. Some people like that. Some people didn't. Now we're, we're able to offer a much more flexible experience in terms of work-life balance where you can work remote, you can work on site, you can work from the office, and our people love that. So that's, that's one positive in this environment that we've had to adapt to is I think we have a better way of working now. I like that. And I think to your point, consultants were often road warriors, weren't they? On the road a lot. That's right. but, but to find some balance, I think, I mean, there's multiple benefits, of course. So I want to take you down uh, memory lane a little bit and talk about your time here at Miami. So, and, and I've just got a quick fire series of questions, so you can take yep. them as you wish. <laughs> so, you got it. <laughs> uh, so when you look back on your time at Miami, who was your favorite professor and why? So I, I mentioned his name earlier, uh, Skip Benamati, and Skip had just, I think it was his first year at Miami, if, if memory serves me. He either worked at IBM or Xerox. I can't remember which company, but he had just come out of, of industry, and it was one of my first MIS classes. And I knew I was not going to be a hardcore technical information systems coder, 
but I, I liked that interaction between business and, and IT. And he showed a business side of it. So that really resonated with me. It's again, where I started my career at, at another firm and then ultimately at EY. So I loved it. I loved that class. And as I mentioned, um, I also enjoyed, I can't recall the professor's name, but I enjoyed my accounting information systems class. Very good. What subject, not professor, but subject did you least enjoy? Did I least enjoy geology? I had, to take, that, <laughs> I had to take that my freshman year to get my science credit. And I had to, Jenny, I had to get in and get out. That it wasn't, it wasn't for me. Um, I'm sure it's for some people and it's it's wonderful, but it just it wasn't for me. Fair point. Okay. <laughs> so so moving on, what co-curricular activities were you involved in? I'm sorry. What co-curricular activities were you involved in? So I, I joined a, a fraternity on campus, um, also did lots of intramural sports and just just had a blast. That's one of the things I really loved about Miami is you're away from home, but you so quickly find your home there. And, and I found that both through the fraternity as well as friends that I would meet playing intramural sports and whatnot. I just I felt like I had a really great community around me and lots of activities to do to um, get back to the community, have a lot of fun, get to know different people that, you know, different walks of life. I really enjoyed that. What sports did you play? Played soccer and intramural wrestling of all sports. Yeah, I grew up um, wrestling and during Greek week and intramurals um, because I wrestled in high school and there weren't, there weren't many of us. I always got voluntold that I needed to be on the wrestling team. Very good. Voluntold. I like that. What was your favorite time of the day for class? I loved having a nine o'clock class. Eight o'clock was a little too early. Nine o'clock was perfect. Got to get up, get some breakfast, go and still get it done early enough where I had the, the day, the rest of the day ahead of me. So I loved that. And what was your favorite night of the week while at Miami? I would have to say Thursday night, probably because I took a fairly light load on Fridays. Um, and, and Thursday night just seemed to have a lot of energy. So I'm going to go with Thursday night. I think and I also had, had a really good TV lineup when I was at Miami. So we would get some really good TV in. And then, um, again, with a light load on Friday, we'd probably head up town after a couple hours and just enjoyed Thursday nights. I think Thursday is the winning night. I do. <laughs> so did you intern at all while you're at Miami? I did. So I interned at PricewaterhouseCoopers. Um, the winter between my, actually it would have been second semester of my junior year is when I, I interned, which actually afforded me a pretty cool experience as well. I then had to take some summer courses between my junior and senior year and stay in Oxford for two sessions during the summer. And that was great. That was a different experience. The campus really shrinks and met new people, met new friends. And, and that was a, an experience I really enjoyed as well. Where did you live in your freshman year? Do you remember the dorm and do you remember the room, the floor? Yes. Mm. Yeah. So it was Denison Hall. It was the third floor. I want to say we were in room 315. So one of, one of my partners at EY, Dan Tompkins, he was my freshman roommate. And I think we were 315 Denison. I know we were the third floor. I know Denison, um, you might be able to stump me on the, the exact room number, but but I love I love these stories that I hear from alumni about how many 
friendships for life are made from that first week, the first day being on yep. campus here. Yeah, I love it. And you said you were in a fraternity, so you lived off campus. I did. Yeah. So, so what was your favorite building on campus? Not your favorite building in Uptown, but your favorite building on campus. I would say Shriver Center, Shriver or King Library. I, I really enjoyed studying either at Shriver or at King Library, just kind of getting away from wherever I was living. I, I, I would never study whether it was in the, the dorm or the fraternity house or when I lived in an apartment off campus. I, I just enjoyed going to the same spot, getting into a bit of routine. And that was typically at Shriver and King. What's your favorite spot uptown? I would have to say Top Deck. That's where we spent most of our time. Skippers and Top Deck. Um, there was there was Ozzy's, which used to be across the, the street from Top Deck, not there anymore. But Top Deck is probably where I logged in the most hours. <laughs> Good to know. What was your favorite place to eat while you were here? Mac and Joe's. Good old Mac, Mac and Joe's. We, I love we it. didn't have as many options as we have today, but still Mac and Joe's was great. It's an old favorite. Yep. yep. And when you come back, I know you brought Gavin back, you brought your daughter back. Do you, do you take them to these places? Do you go to Mac and Joe's for a meal? I do. I do. Yeah. In fact, I was on campus, Jenny, not too long ago when, when you and I had a chance to meet. And that evening we took Gavin and his roommate Cameron to dinner at Mac and Joe's. Good, good. So what's your most memorable personal experience while you're on campus, while you're here? So I have to be very careful how I answer this one. There's only, there's only one <laughs> some, right answer. <laughs> some, some, some people aren't so careful. So, <laughs> so uh, my wife also went to Miami. So it was it was spending time with um, my wife, Anne, while we were at my, Miami together. And we really are thrilled that Gavin's there. We just love it. We have so many fond memories. We loved, you know, we would be studying together. We can go uptown together. Uh, there used to be a Mexican restaurant called Pedro's Uptown that we would eat at together. So spending time with Anne is my uh, my final answer. That's a final answer. I like that. So what would you do? What you, would you have done differently when you look back at your time here? What would you have done differently? I'm not sure there's much I would do differently. I, I had I had a phenomenal experience. I, I really, really did. I've talked to lots of colleagues who had different colleges experiences, not saying one's better than the other. But as, as I would compare mentally, um, I, I think I was so fortunate. I really have friendships that have lasted since college that are, you know, I, I really treasure those relationships and friendships. There's, there's just something special about Miami, and I'm not sure I would do anything different. Is there a class you wish you'd taken? Geology, uh, the 200 level geology class. No, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I really like some of the business law. I had to take business law as part of a capstone and I enjoyed that. And it was a, it was a case study, a case study heavy class. So maybe a few more business law related courses. But again, I, I really felt I had a well-rounded education between accounting and some of the MIS courses. That was my, my minor. So I, I felt I had a, a great broad curriculum, but maybe a law class or two. I want to go back into EY just a little bit. And something I, I hear a lot when I talk to our employers is the war for talent, you know, how hard it is to find qualified people. And some of the approaches you're having to take at EY to try and resource. So can you speak to me about what you're seeing, 
what some of the reasons are that you've developed within EY as to why we're dealing with this war for talent and, and what sure. is EY doing about it? Sure. No, there, there absolutely is a war for talent. And I think what we're doing about it is we're leaning in even more in our culture. We have we've certainly lost some some great people and and, and that's fairly normal. We, we have a certain level of attrition just in our business naturally. I, I believe humbly we're winning the war for talent and that's because of our culture. People have choices. I think the, the flexibility I talked about earlier, Jenny, um, being able to work remote and perhaps not having geographic boundaries that existed previously has created some of the attrition. And what we have to offer, flexible working arrangement, a great culture where people care about one another, where we collaborate with each other, with our clients, we're, we're leveraging that. We're putting that on full display and we're winning because of it. When I look at the balance of trade with our competition, we are, we are faring extremely, extremely well. And it's because of culture. People feel they have a choice now and they're exercising that choice. And if you don't have a winning culture, um, you know, they're going to vote with their feet and, and they're going to walk away. So we're able to drive good retention numbers and really recruit great talent in an environment like this because of our culture. And we're very deliberate and we're very explicit in terms of sharing it, talking about it. And, and again, putting it on blast a bit to say, it's a great place to work. We take care of our people. We care about work-life balance. We're leaning in on flexibility. We're still very, very client-centric. It's all about our clients and serving them how they want to be served. And it's a great place to start a career. It's a great place to have a career. I've been here for over 20 years and I'm not going anywhere else. I, I, I love it at EY. Now, your work-life balance has come up quite a lot in this call. And and I know that COVID has given us different choices and it's allowed us to really evaluate work-life balance. So I want to go back. Maybe the, the answer would come from this period of time, but I'm really interested in pre-COVID and your point of view around work-life balance and how you found a way to strike work-life balance, especially that you were on the road so much. Sure. Yeah, and I'll share what, what we did at, at a very um, basic project level. So I had a client in the Northeast Ohio area where we would have roughly 100 or so folks traveling in every single week to work on a variety of projects. And the best thing we were able to do is try and create a home away from home. We had a group of people that were going to Orange Theory classes as a team every night. We were doing team dinners. We would make sure that we would go to you know, a certain restaurant on a certain evening where it was trivia night. And we really tried to create an environment outside of work that could reflect uh, you know, a home away from home. And we just tried to make it engaging. We tried to create a community for the folks that were on the road. It still was difficult. It still wasn't their home. Um, they still had to travel. There were still work-life balance issues that they were balancing. And that's where I think this new world that we live in, where people can do much of the activities remote effectively, while still being in person where they need to be in person, um, coming into the office and building relationships again as they need to as well, we're in a much better spot. And, and I'm very, very excited for this chapter in consulting where someone doesn't have to be on the road five days a week because it, it takes its toll. There's no doubt. 
And as you know, we've got a great partnership with EY around cybersecurity. So yeah. I don't want to put you on the spot. I didn't preempt you that I might go into the cybersecurity yeah. space. But what are you seeing in industry? What are you seeing with your clients? And again, I don't want you, obviously, you can't divulge secrets. So I'm asking sure. the question carefully. But yep. what are some of the trends that you're seeing in cybersecurity at the moment? So cybersecurity is a very hot topic across all sectors, across our entire client base. No one, no one is exempt from dealing with cyber-related issues and challenges. So, Jenny, we're spending lots of time meeting our clients where they are on this topic. Some clients need to take some, some fairly um, foundational steps and, and do an assessment, do a, a gap analysis. What are some of the big gaps and holes and issues that they, they need to address to have a more mature program? Others that are more mature are looking to continue to stay ahead of the curve. What is, what is very challenging and unique about cyber is, as I mentioned, everyone is dealing with it, whether they acknowledge it or not. And to stay ahead of the curve takes a lot of discipline. It takes a programmatic approach, takes investment and, and wise investment. You, you really need to balance ROI. If a consumer products company has gone into business, it's to be the best consumer products company, not to be a cyber company. So they have to they have to balance that. And, and we really help our clients from assessing where the gaps may exist to maturing a mature program to, to balancing um, the risk and reward and, and where to place some of those bets when you're spending your capital in this space. Interesting. I'm so excited to see what we'll do in cyber as, so as, am we, I. So as am we grow I. a program. And, and, you know, when I work closely with Skip on it, you know, we're looking at not just the ISA majors, but also yep. how any student at the farmer school, you know, how they learn about cyber and how it impacts their major and therefore the, the, the yep. likely outcomes that they'll have. So I want to move on to the, the advice part of the podcast where you can give advice to two groups of people. I'm really interested in advice you give to incoming freshmen, but I know Gavin's an incoming freshman, but yeah. <laughs> but he's also your son, so he might not listen to your advice. <laughs> I have different advice for him. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, so any advice you give for an incoming first year, and then secondly, advice that you give people who are just into their career, one or two years into their career. So, for an incoming freshman, I would say be patient, and 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 understand it takes a, a while in any situation to, to acclimate a bit and. A brand new student, an incoming freshman is going to have to, to acclimate to being in college. They're going to have to acclimate to, to the campus, to life at, at Miami University. So be patient and, and work into it. That would be the advice I would give there. And then I'm sorry, what was the other? The second part of the question is for someone who's been out for one or two years, who's out in the workforce for one or two years, what advice Got would you give that person? I would give them the advice of stay connected. Don't, don't lose the relationships. Don't lose the network you create at Miami University because it is so special. I was probably five, six, seven years out, and I felt like I lost a little bit of connectivity um, with, with some relationships and with the university, and, and, and I missed that. That was a void. So, so keep that. It's so important. You're going to get busy, and, and life is going to come at you really quick. But all the wonderful relationships and all the wonderful things that you've, you've learned and you've gained from four or five years at Miami University, um, don't forget it. it. It matters. And it's amazing, Jenny, in, in life, um, how I'll come across a friend now in, in a business context 20 years later. And, and it's special. 
it's special. So, so hold on to those relationships, hold on to that network that you've built over those years. That's great advice. Our networks become so important to us as we progress That's our right. careers. And you never know when you're going to lean into different people in the network. And it I is a small world. I want to go back and just just really echo a comment you made for our first years. And I know some will be listening to this podcast, the idea of acclimating yourself and not being too hard on yourself. And I just want to, as I say, give a shout out to our first years and actually our second years. Because of COVID, I think we, yep. we, we realize and we really acknowledge the difficult transition that a lot of our students are having to be back into a face-to-face environment mm-hmm. when they've been locked away in the basement or wherever right. they've been for the right. last 18 months. And, and I think the transition has been a lot more difficult than any of us could have imagined. So I think your advice is even more important today, just give, to give yourself time to go easy on yourself. Mm-hmm. And I would add to that as the dean of one of the greatest business schools on the in the country to take all of the gifts that we give you because there are abundant gifts that we give at the pharma school to our students plenty of opportunities to engage and and to to make sure that you do so as we close i I want to thank you so much for the gift of your time what it's been a pleasure to, to speak with you again and to allow us to record this podcast one of the things that makes my job so easy is that we have incredibly engaged talented and engaged alumni who are willing to give back and to continue to find ways to support the school, our students, our faculty, our staff, and other alumni. So I want to thank you so much for for the um, gift of your time and wish you well as you continue your journey beyond High Street. Well, thank you. It was my pleasure, Jenny.